Hey Rob, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm all right. Yeah, my son got to see, there was a, I was going to say a local Father Christmas, and I worried I was going to ruin the illusion for any children, but I'd be very surprised. No offense if any children are listening to <laughs> your move group. Um, Never know. I've got, I've, got a, I've got a demographic in the uh, <laughs> 10 to 15 year old. <laughs> they um yeah far christmas went by and he sort of menacingly looked at my son who was waving and sort of did the sort of like two fingers to the eyes like like i'm watching you kind of yeah hand signal because very menacing <laughs> he's just obviously just watching if he's going to be naughty or nice i mean that's yeah but he's seen the list so he's seen the list of you know he knows he's, 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 like, he's like yeah. listen and i already know you fucked it <laughs> So, <laughs> your mum and yeah, dad have been telling me that. you've just you've just pushed it too far this year. So, you're on to plums. <laughs> coal, coal, and satsumas for you, son. <laughs> uh, I hate satsumas. We... I think I'd, I'd prefer the coal. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer the coal. At least it's at least it's sort of useful. Satsumas are not really. Well, my, I suppose my girlfriend could eat them, but I'm not really a, a fan of the the orange on the whole, apart from the juice and. No, this mum me being Colour. sick when I was a kid. Every time I was <laughs> ill, my mum used to like, you'd see a peeled orange by your bed. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> got to get through this. <coughs> like Daniel Badenfield. Exactly, yeah. To get to, to not <laughs> have any symptoms anymore. This has gone a really weird way. Yeah, it's been a while since I've, I've been on the <laughs> podcast. I think it's been... <laughs> You've just had, you've just had all these thoughts and like, listen, I need yeah, to get out, so no lad is giving us a chance. No one to tell them to. <laughs> I've had these gripes about Sabsunimas, and I need to get it, get it off my chest, so this is a platform to go, go ahead. Yeah, with. yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny, because we used to, like, we're living now, like, it's, we got a big Christmas thing in, in Paisley and Glasgow, we have a big sort of um, Christmas market thing, and Christmas kind of, kind of Whole town's very, very Christmassy and reindeers and shit like that. But when I used to live in Falkirk with my girlfriend and her dad when we were living for a mortgage, saving up for a mortgage, you should say. As in, one night, I just like heard this fucking sleigh bell. So what the fuck is that? <laughs> it was like a full-on like, like Christmas procession going through our street. It's like a residential <laughs> street. It's like a la posh like area of like of of Falkirk, and it was like. It's just like Santa in a fucking in a, in a, on the top of a fucking van, a sleigh yeah. attached to it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, oh yeah, it happens every, every year. I went, what do you mean it happens every year? It's like Santa just comes down your street and like just like plays like, like just plays like like yeah. <laughs> uh, plays like plays just plays like Santa, like fucking naughty holder and you know, Mariah Carey at full well, full pelt. This like, was like and um it's really weird because the local sort of territorial army were the people going around with the buckets. And it was like he had militarized the elves. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> sinister. Did you get rifles? I'm like, why? Like, yeah, give me some like money. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, 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 fine. You've got a gun <laughs> in your face where, like, just, you probably couldn't, couldn't shoot anything. You could shoot <laughs> blanks, much. but still very menacing. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were we, what were we talking about today? <laughs> I know what we're talking about. It's, it's a Christmas episode there. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I've lost my complete loss, please. So Rob, uh, I see. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to start a lot off. We normally start off by asking you a little bit about. You can tell me about your kind of first experiences action movies when you were growing up. Um, did you see a lot of action movies when you were in, in the household and your mum and dad kind of? 
Yeah. Are you to watch those kind of movies? I, my dad did. <laughs> um, I think the, the earliest two films I remember watching are Superman the movie, great mm-hmm. choice. Yes, absolutely. Not an action film, but still. <laughs> um, and Terminator 2, which I was mm. very young. I was like, I'd watched it before I was in year two of primary school. So what's that? That's like five? Maybe four. Well, yeah, four. yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah five, four or five. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my, my teacher in school, her name is Miss Connor in year two. Oh, my God. And someone coming obviously you never hear the teacher's first name in school it's always like a big thing when you do and this other teacher coming went oh sarah can i borrow you for a minute and it oh my god i was like in my head it was like i was yeah i was obsessed with terminator as a kid my dad did do sort of on the fly censoring like he would cover my eyes if the particularly gory bits and things like that but yeah i mean (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't the best edit and uh <laughs> i had like all the toys and everything i've still got the the massive arnie that like mm. speaks and his eyes light up and everything oh yeah 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 yeah. and i took that in for show and tell at school and miss Connor was like and you you've seen this film like, yeah <laughs> absolutely you know it was strange the thing because like was i had the toys the kind of ex- the one was like arnie's kind of whole body kind of came off and it's like an exoskeleton underneath i had yeah. the t1000 so for it not being a, a kids film, there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of kids toys yeah, like, aimed well, exactly. like kids for specifically for that. They couldn't even watch it. Like I don't. I mean, it was like fifteen, so I don't see many fifteen year olds kind of going like going to going to you know your weird, right? and buying like those toys. It was more like I had those toys when I was like maybe like nine or ten or something like that. Very very young, but I had um, a Connor and I had a Robert Patrick that if you pushed the top of his head, the whole of his body exploded. Yeah, which was. <laughs> everything i needed as a kid um but yeah that, those are the kind of the vein of action films i watched as a kid so it was like that on vhs like record off the tv we had terminator one and two mm. robocop mm-hmm. big trouble little china was yes. always on yes as a kid. i was obsessed with that film um last action hero is another one that as a kid mm. it was like when i got older and they were like oh that was a big flop it's not like considered a great film like it's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no it, it definitely is and i think that that last action hero is maybe a bit more i suppose a bit more catered to kids a little bit in the mm, sense it's well, more definitely. sort of like cartoony and sort of like daft and a bit more comedic and obviously with the, the younger boy being in it he's you know a teenager and yeah he was sort of like, like a gateway thing just like it's okay watch it's sort of like a kind of like when you see a child in that sort of that age of, in a film you're gonna go well, your mum and dad can go, I can, we can watch that because it's like, you know, if yeah. that kid can be in this movie, then my kids can watch it. But and it's got like awfully dying to view as a cartoon cat. We've already <laughs> it's very, very, my very... dad didn't, didn't care. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I think Starship Troopers was an early one as well. And that mm. was a birthday party where I got to pick what I wanted from a Gazelle video was the video store near Gazelle us. Gazelle video, yes. Very Rest good. in peace. And, um, I don't think my mum knew what Starship Troopers was. She just thought, oh, yeah, it's a space film, bugs and things. And, I mean, for <laughs> we must have been about maybe about nine or ten. And, you know, that group of boys had an awakening with the shower scene. And yes, then the yes, gore was yeah. just like second heaven. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's the, the cherry in the top. Is it the gore? And, like, 
Yeah, yeah like it's all of us just talking the next day and score about all the boobs we saw. Yeah. And Casper <laughs> Van Dien's this? bum. <laughs> can't, can't forget Casper, old Casper Van Dien. Casper uh, <laughs> the friendly uh, bum. <laughs> friendly bum, yeah, yeah, yeah. Haunting our dreams forever. Um, <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, you, you've obviously your early kind of movie, action movie kind of viewings has always been quite kind of violent. You've been the violent end of that, you know what I mean? You're not being like sort of like. Obviously, with last action, we talked about mm. last action hero a second ago, and obviously that's a bit more, I see, cartoony, but you know, your yeah, mum and dad I mean, are a bit kind of lenient. Like, <laughs> you know, my, my mum and dad were, they were like, it's kind of okay to watch these things, but maybe kind of covering the eyes at what, some point. It's Yeah, it was kind of like that. I don't think my mum was overly keen on me watching a lot of it. Mm. But my dad, in, when I look back at it, my dad was quite good at censoring the stuff. And we did yeah. watch like a wide array of things like we watched Indiana Jones when I was little as well mm, yeah um but yeah I don't know how I got away with watching Robocop and and it, I think I've vivid memories for years all the Robocop films were one film because mm. we just used to watch <laughs> anything <Yeah. laughs> so I had memories of things and I'd be like oh I love that bit when uh yeah the robot rips his own head off and they're like yeah that's the second one that's the <laughs> Oh, Robocop's got a jetpack. I had a toy of Robocop with a jetpack as well. Yeah, I was yeah, a kid. yeah, I remember that as well. <laughs> again, it was like, no, that's the third one. <laughs> and again, it's like the same, same way Robocop. Obviously, they like they made like a cartoon of it, and like it was. There was Mega Drive games as well. Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Like Robocop versus Robocop versus Terminator, obviously mm. one of the most famous ones. It's a really good game. I played that recently, and it's really, really fun. Um, but, I had Terminator yeah, on Game Gear when I was a kid well, as well, and I had Terminator Two on. We were just talking before the podcast about the Game Boy. I had that Terminator 2 and it was like the most solid. I couldn't get past the first level. Yeah, I've, I I've recently got that. Um, <laughs> it was one of those, my mum was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I gave her a list of Game Boy games mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. she was just <laughs> very disappointed in me. <laughs> violent, <laughs> one violent, of them was violent, Terminator violent. 2. Yeah. So what, like, we not moved on from Terminator 2 and Game Boy? Nah, not quite. No, we're still stuck on that. We're still stuck on that. But they, I mean, those games are always like, as I say, kind of part of my childhood. And as mm. much as I loved Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle, it was still very much trying to get, <laughs> get yeah. past that first level in Terminator 2. Maybe <laughs> in like, with older eyes, I could visit again and see. Obviously, I want to try to start for the podcast doing the Twitch streams and stuff that want to play sort of licensed games and see what they like. But. I think you'd just find a forty-one-year-old man losing his mind on a video for like <laughs> an hour, hour or two, trying to like what get past one part of a level. That it's more depressing when you come back to it and you think, "I'm an older, experienced gamer now. I've got this." And you yeah. go back and you're worse than you were when you were a kid, <laughs> which is what I, I found that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Like, I have no idea experience. how I was able to do this stuff. This <laughs> somehow, <laughs> I, my brain would sort of work out through all the jank and the weirdness and be able to actually achieve something and now i'm like i've got a save state every two seconds otherwise it's all falling to shit <laughs> yeah yes it's, it's, that's that's the way we have the old the older gamer um yeah, as i slowly creep towards 42 <laughs> and losing my will to live um so uh so obviously talked a little bit about your kind of your being so grown up now when it comes to action movies if you look at sort of a dictionary definition of action movies, if you looked at it in the dictionary, as I see all the time, you saw a picture under action movies. Who sort of exemplifies that for you? Could be 
character, it could be an actor, it could be, you know, a glut oh, of movies. Yeah. Who would that I'm, be for you? As childhood, it was definitely Arnie. Every mm. single Arnold Schwarzenegger film. And um, that sort of just, that style of action as a kid, because I liked the the quips and the <laughs> the sort of like tongue-in-cheekness of even when he was in a serious film. It was Terminator 2. He still has some quips and some sort of like the wry mm. wit behind it. And there's something quite charming about <laughs> about Arnie. Mm. And I, I didn't have that again experience again. So do you remember that film, The Last Stand? He was yes. A yes, bit yes. older. I think it was like one of his first films after being governor. Um, and that was the, it wasn't like amazing or anything, but I think that was the first time where I had that feeling of like, yeah, fucking Arnie's back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, up. definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, as the more I've got older, the more I've appreciated Western action, mm. and especially through—I don't know if you watch Corridor, um, Corridor Digital on um, YouTube. They no, do I don't know. I've come across that no, no. They talk to different stunt performers. That's cool. And they, and they look into sort of old Jackie Chan stuff mm. and uh, a lot more, yeah, Western influences. I think what got me into that, although it's he's not a Western director, but was the Raid films really got me into wanting to delve deeper into sort of mm-hmm. more martial art films and sort of look into that because so much goes into the choreography that you don't get in a sort of early action fist fight mm-hmm. kind of film. Obviously, yeah, Die like Hard, I do like an Everyman. I like a, an action film where yeah. the Believable. hero isn't like some sort of like undefeatable god oh. um <laughs> yeah. talking of undefeatable yeah. and i do like it when they have to be put through the ringer so when when the bond films went down that direction i was very i like seeing a hero have to earn it i think that's why i loved indiana jones growing up as well because it's like always wins but it, it doesn't come easy kind of thing mm. it's a bit more more a bit more of the every man you, you would say a bit more relatable and, and obviously you know, Bond before it was always kind of a case of kind of smooth and very like yeah. polished, polished and really if you're going to kind of a into pickles, suppose he was always kind of easily quippable and get get himself out it of that. Just, but it would just shake his cr- way through it. <laughs> yeah, but the Craig, Craig the Craig movies were a bit more, a bit more kind of like you know he's a bit more human, I suppose, in a way like they make him a bit more like grounded and flawed and mm. maybe not making him the most like. He was, you know, he was still kind of a cool, and obviously the films are still have a kind of cool element to them, and they're very flashy, and they've always got the kind of the big mm. kind of temple action scenes, but they're still the root of it. He's still sort of like a bit of an arsehole sometimes as well. I think yeah. you don't always like think, oh, he's always so cool and suave. It's you know, he's Timothy Dalton had elements of that as well. Like, yeah, yeah, the, definitely. Yeah, to yeah. Kill is probably my favourite mm. Bond film just because of how strange it is. You got Felix getting eaten by sharks and. <laughs> Benicio del, there's a lot of people getting their legs mauled. Benicio del Toro gets his legs, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the honeymoon thing. It's just all of it's just like pretty. A bloke gets like ballooned up inside a pressurized like airlock, doesn't he? At one point, and he blows I think so, up. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I watched that one. I recently watched Eleven Daylights, and I really like that again. Is mm. that was kind of going into the sort of more humanistic ones obviously we, we kind of golden eye and stuff like that we become a bit more like 
kind of went back the way of being a bit more kind of gadget focused and yeah. very sort of like less grounded and a bit kind of daft. Certainly like Die Another Day, fucking hell, that's almost <laughs> daftest fucking Bond movie I think there's ever been. Um, but so you can you can sort of touch a little bit on about like you've had more of kind of appreciation now for kind of Western action cinema. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you, if you're going to reach for like a an action movie, you're kind of more and it's sort of the kind of Hong Kong kind of on or Thai sort of like. Like you mentioned the raid, and obviously there's Maranto, yeah. there's obviously like um I'm still like watching like, Night Comes for us as well, which was I really liked. Like I'm still very uneducated on it. Mm. <laughs> but I think I I gravitate to physical, like practical stunts mm. a lot. Mm. And I like to in my action films like to see you know, real explosions, real like I think the raid too in, in cinema is that whole car chase sequence just yes. fucking blew my mind um so yeah even my old action films i like lots of squibs i like lots of mm. proper explosions practical effects like I, I want it to feel real rather than i sort of disconnect a bit when there's sort of loads of cg going on yeah don't get me wrong i love a, a big bombastic cg fest i've watched every <laughs> Marvel film. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there is something to be said about a good old fashioned action film with loads of, and like Chris Nolan's great for that. All of his practical, mm. I know that his Batman films aren't particularly action films, but I think that kind of spectacle always sits with you longer than something that's just been loads of sort of CG explosions. Yeah, they're more, those, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're strict, the Batman films are strictly action movies but they're certainly they have big set pieces and they have big action set pieces so they i do appreciate them in the same sort of way they are very practical and they know, feel like james cameron's yeah. approach as well like i know he's avatars very much the opposite of that now. oh yeah well definitely yeah yeah it's but, like gone um, so far that way you know total recall and that wasn't him but um what's it true lies aliens uh, i mean like you, you you feel a bit more like that you know that you're sort of when you see kind of practical effects you're more sort of present would you say that you can you're you feel a bit more what I'm looking for. Like they like I recently watched Wolf Warrior, but I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's like a yeah. it's a Hong Kong movie and it's like even though it's it's sort of like a it should in all essences be quite a practical film, there's like huge bits of like very, very bad CGI, especially <laughs> when like these they're fighting wolves and they're just like they're just literally like like the asylum and like rented their like <laughs> Like, you have our special effects crew for a little bit of time, just these like wolves for you, and it just looks completely daft and silly and very like takes mm. completely takes you out of the movie. So you kind of what you see films like The Raid, you see films like you know like the, like the Nolan Batman films, when you like see the Cameron films, like the earlier ones like Terminator. Yeah, John Wick. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of kinetic action, sort of where you sort of feel like you are like the hits are hitting and the shots are. Shotting, yeah. in the same way, you know, you you feel like yeah. they I mean they're maybe not like, and they're using squibs and maybe they're using a little bit of like digital kind of you know, mm. kind of, um, you know, I can see what I'm looking for. Bursts of kind of like when you're seeing the guns, but you're not really. It doesn't take you out of it because it's not as obvious, I suppose. In yeah, a way, you've like, seen them as a as a sort of device to yeah further improve the what is actually practically there i guess like yeah. the mission impossible films mm. oh yes he, yes definitely. yeah he drove off that cliff but 
all they did was make it that ramp look like a cliff, but he definitely yeah. was there driving off it. So it's like he's using visual effects to um, complement what's already there, I guess. I watched I watched this film the other day called uh, oh Christ, what's it called now? It's really gonna annoy me. Mac, oh God, this <laughs> could bug me. Hang on. <laughs> it was it, I, I was reviewing it. It was called Blazing Magnum. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. a 1970s um, Italian Canadian co Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. I was going to buy that in Fop, actually. I was like, I seen a trailer for it. I was like, oh, this looks quite kind of like a it's, um, sort of fun sort of 70s It's like from the same guy who did like French Connection and mm. um, the Italian job. So he like choreographed all those sequences. And I was like, well, that totally. They went on to be like Bond's car sort of specialist when it comes to the stunt coordination and the casting goes on for like all every action scene in that film goes on for so long it's like the chicken fight in family guy <laughs> like just when you think it's gonna reach the end of the, the thing now something else happens and the set piece goes on for another two minutes <laughs> <laughs> i really recommend watching that because i mean it's not a good film but whenever it goes into some form of action it's suddenly like oh holy shit this department knows what they're doing Whereas, yeah like, yeah, I should definitely check out Blazing Magnum. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for it, and I think I think maybe somebody, I think a distributor just follows him on Twitter. I think it might be, I don't know if it's Elite Films, maybe, or... Um, yeah, I think it's Arrow. Arrow, yeah, well, yeah, maybe Arrow, yeah. yeah. I think they put it out, and I was like, oh, it looks, it looks sort of like French Connection-y. It's you know, sort of like They're sort of maybe the Italian, sort of like... Yeah, the um, director was known for sort of doing... The most American Italian films. I think <laughs> that was the the sort of what was on the uh, the DVD, and uh, it's just very weird. Yeah, there's two films. There's like I think there's one called Antichrist, which is basically like a low budget rip off of The Exorcist, and then there was mm. Blazing Magnum, which was basically Dirty Harry, mm. but with this, it's got like all your John Saxons, all your sort of classics. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those actors you expect to see in those sort of movie sort of european action films yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah i definitely recommend it if you see it cheap <laughs> yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna pick up because I, I picked up a couple like sort of italian cop movies you know these sort of i want you to call the tough ones which I, mm. I've, I've yet to watch but i'd again i'd through kind of watching youtube and doing sort of research on different i like watching you know Oliver Harper, you know, he does look great what retrospectives on films and guys like Hong Kong Cinema Appreciation Society and stuff like those. So I get to kind of watch, you know, every so often they'll kind of pick up on one of these kind of films you like, well, this is like quite this influence, this sort of thing. You go, okay, let's go quite check out. So um I do like a kind of like a sort of uh, sleazy kind of cop movie. So and being a big fan of the French Connection, you know, from my from my dad showing it when I was younger as well. I thought I really kind of want to check out. So I've got that to check at some point. So that's a good that's a good um take away and to actually get to actually watch that and a good excuse now <laughs> um so what we're going to do now is we're going to go and we're going to go into your pick of this week so we sort of <laughs> you gingerly sort of um called it the name as you as you like to <laughs> your old podcast uh colin brain with the world it's um it's mcu for his work um you we're going to talk about a sort of a when I started this podcast, I wanted to talk about Arnie's. I wanted to talk about Stallone's. I wanted to talk about, you know, the big tentpole movies, but also yeah. 
I was always very, very adamant about I need to talk about the shitty ones. <laughs> the ones mean? that don't get enough love. I mean, they're not <laughs> shitty to me. They're amazing. And I'm sure we'll go and tell about how much we love this movie in a second. But I wanted to talk about the movies that don't get sort of respect that they should have. Mm. Probably, as we'll talk about for this movie, maybe there's a reason why there's not <laughs> respected this, yeah, this yeah, movie. But probably... I love these sort of like, you know, I've just recently you know, brought out my Wheel of Cheddar. Um, <laughs> as a sort of gambit for my my guests, and you picked, and not from Real Jedi, of course, but from my list, you've picked this week's episode, which is Undefeatable, starring Cynthia Rothrock. In this town, if you want justice, you have to take it. Cynthia Rothrock as Christy Jones. Searching for a man who murdered her sister. An undefeatable champion, driven by insanity. What are you doing with my wife? If he can't have Anna, he'll kill anyone who even reminds him of her. Come on, tough guy! Sergeant Nick DeMarco knows his name. Free! Christy Jones is determined to find the killer. Crazy. My name's not Anna. But every wasted minute costs another life. I'm talking about my sister. Your ass is mine. Big mistake. Red. Ah! 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 gonna start another gang war. Well, I tried to wait for you, but they jumped us. You've got a lot to learn about police work. <laughs> Nick and Christy team up. It's all your fault. Jennifer, run! With the help of a beautiful psychologist, Christy and Nick unite in a fight for supremacy. Every ounce of muscle, every skill, every technique to end the fatal desire of this madman. So, can you tell me a little bit about what drove you to this one, other than maybe sort of the bigger sort of temple moves that we talked about before? Having listened to your other episodes as well, because I think you you sort of pitched off. There's any any films you want to pick back mm. when you were just starting up. The part. Yeah. I don't think you'd recorded any yet. And I, I immediately, this was the one I asked you if we could do. Yeah, thinking, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking that someone else was going to snap this up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you so you thought? Like, <laughs> your wonderful guest being like, you know, I gave you a list of all the ones that I, you know, that are from your list of ones that I definitely want. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should, probably should have picked a one that people know. I saw Commando's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's all these ones. But then watching it again, like this is one of those ones that like the, the, um, I'll look at the DVD in front of me now. 
the um <laughs> the final fight the clip of that was sort of doing the rounds on maybe facebook it was while i was at uni and um me and my flatmate steve are obsessed with these kind of films the kind of films that like are really sort of stilted and cheesy and I don't want to say bad because they're enjoyable and you get films that aren't even enjoyable. So, yeah. (laughs) But we saw the clip of like the whole end fight. So we need to find this. And I don't know where we would have got it at the time because I don't think CEX even existed. It might have been cash converters or something like that. (laughs) We eventually tracked it down and this become like our go-to. We was obsessed with it. And like we even added Don Niam on Facebook and became Facebook friends with him um, <laughs> until we realized that a lot of his uh, personal views seem to differ from... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get into that a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, uh, you know, they yeah, differ yes. a little from my own. So uh, <laughs> I uh, just unfriended him. We yes. parted ways. <laughs> Amicably, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's not walking around America going, Robert... <laughs> like he does, Anna. Like that guy from Colin Brain versus the MCU is not following me anymore. <laughs> I've got ghosts. I just imagine I've still got a perm, like. <laughs> Spraying it red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, so, yeah, so it's. Like, oh, excuse me. I do apologize. Go ahead. You think that that, like, that end fight scene is as good as it can get, but there's so many little nuggets of weirdness. And, mm. and then occasionally a bit of you go, oh, that was actually quite good. Mm. Like this, yeah. this during the fight scenes, there's some moments where you're like, "Oh, they they took a pretty good bump there," and oh, actually, that wasn't too bad. Which is that you don't want the word "actually" to be going before anything artistic that you're, you've made. You don't mm. want someone to go, "It's actually good." Yeah, <laughs> I remember when I made my feature film. <laughs> someone said to me afterwards, uh, "It actually looks like a proper film." <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> I suppose it was. That was the bare minimum of what I was hoping to achieve. If there's like a, to- a sort of like a a bar, you've just set the bar loads like this, and if somebody says this as a film, I'll be happy. <laughs> if somebody recognises, I watched this with my eyes, I was able to watch this with my eyes and recognise you've made this as this a film. This is a film. <laughs> and they'd be like, that's okay, I'm happy with that, absolutely cool. fine. That's what I can aim for this podcast. Somebody goes, I listened to you talk and you did this on this date and put it out. I'm quite happy. <laughs> it certainly was a podcast. It was a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thanks, mum. Just because my mum's my mom's probably only regular. So I'm like a joke. You need to get your um, mum on. What would, what would she pick? Do you think? My mum. My mum. Yeah. What would she oh, pick? I wonder what. Was? Actually, like my girlfriend says this all the time. Like get your mum, get your mama, and I'm like, fuck with that. Like I got my brother on. My brother is coming on because yeah. we sort of grew up. Um, so we'll be talking about the Temple of Temple movies, but I won't spoil about that just yet. Um, <laughs> that'll be a very, very special episode. But I don't know what mum would pick because, strangely enough, I was, I've talked about this before in the podcast, like mum and I were quite open about me watching things, but it was mostly because my gran was, like, would fucked it already for them because like she would go over and get like watched at the weekend while mum and dad want to go out, bunny ears. Um... <laughs> Uh, smash like bunnies. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Fuck no. But they did have a 
pretend to have a social life, you know, like <laughs> just people like sit in the house go and start weeping about the fact that the kids aren't there and they have like free time or not. I'm not asking them to buy me the next fucking He-Man doll or something like that. Um, so <laughs> she, would, he would, she would ship us off to my gran and my gran would just go down to the shops and go to the video shop down where she lived and was like, what looks as if I can buy the kids this? So we got to watch, you know, along with like watching the very cheesy 90s Captain America film where oh, that rubber, the most rubberiest costume ever <laughs> for everyone in that movie. Um, we got to watch like Meet the Feebles, which is a film about where we're adult, we're like puppets fuck. Um, <laughs> we got to watch like Brain Dead. Oh, yeah. And we got to watch, you know, like I, would t- I talked about with Sledgehammer Home with Willies. I've got to watch that, which is like a weird, um, not montage movie, like sort of a sort of like a creep show, but for kids. Yeah. Kind of a, like a, like a like goose, a proto goose bumps, I suppose, in a way. But yeah, we got to watch, you know, like kind of like your, your Terminators and stuff like that. Like mum and dad, they recorded Mad Max and stuff and let me see Terminator, but they were most of the most mental stuff of my grand would just like <laughs> inexplicably get from the video shop because I looked as if it was a kids movie that I'm not <laughs> going to look at the, the 15 or the 18 now, but just. No. Just watch well, this movie, so we were sort of a um, quirky fuck. man called Max in it. It's gotta be good. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I owe a lot to my grand because my grand was like, has it showed me wrestling, so yeah, she's like, let's, let's wrestle me in a one bang. There you go, start from the beginning, essentially. Um, so well, that was my wife I mean, found that recently. She's she's massively into wrestling, and um, she was always a bit of the odd one out in her family, yeah, because no one else really watches it or has any interest. <laughs> And then her, her nan said recently, she was like, oh, you know, your granddad used to love the wrestling. And it just like blew her mind up. She was like, yeah. oh, holy crap. Like, it's not, it, it is something that I probably watched with him when I was little, maybe. Or, but it's nice. Like, my dad said that his, um, his nan used to love wrestling. Like the old sort of, um, what's it, giant haystacks, all those sort of people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, way, way, way back when. Yeah, my and, grand, uh, like, like I spoke to my grand about it, and she, I was, I was just kind of referencing, like going to the wrestling show. I said, oh yeah, I used to go to go to them all the time. I went, what? Yeah, yeah like Mick McManus and like Rollerball Rocco and all that. I was like, what the fuck? These proper like world of re- world of sport wrestlers, mm. like, like these guys are like you know sort of like I adore because they're just like pure wrestlers. Um, I was like, oh, you've seen all these people, yeah, like Kendo Nagasaki, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, just like, how do how how have you waited like this long? Knowing I'm a wrestling fan to ever like talk about this stuff, Do you know, it just never, just never crossed my mind. I went, "What do you mean?" <laughs> the amount of times I've turned up your house for dinner with like wrestling t-shirts on, you'd be like, "Who's that?" I was a wrestler, grand. Blah blah blah. All right, cool, cool, cool. You never thought to like talk about the fact that you've seen these like icons of the sport. I was half expecting to come out and see Jimmy Savile wrestle, but thank fuckly, um, I don't really want to see that shit. Anyway, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's I, I, again. I don't know what mum would would pick. I mean, I'm. I would love to do that. I would love to, like, because I think my mum, not to speak about myself too much, but it's, it's, I think my mum would be a kind of good guest because I think that mm. we're very alike in terms of, like, the movies we watch, you know. Um, my mum recently just got rid, like, moved to a new place. She's like, do you want any DVDs? And basically every DVD she had was like, yeah, but I'll just have them because they're just my, <laughs> every horror movie that I like and every kind of weird sort of free to video Bruce Willis. So I've seen the TV Bruce Willis movie. I've now got for some inexplicable reason because I love Bruce Willis and I'll watch him in a new tripe. I once um, had eight <laughs> copies of um, Cop Out 
Kevin oh my Smith God. cop out. Eight copies? Yeah, that was because uh, my friend bought it for me. I watched 10 minutes and could we bother to watch any more of it. I traded it in to CEX, um, but my friend was also the manager at that CEX. Mm. And he found out that I had traded it in. And then oh my, my next birthday proceeded to get one to buy me eight copies, a mm. massive wall-sized poster and the um, soundtrack on CD. <laughs> we did that. I did that with my dad. We went like a, went for like a, like three or four Christmases, like each buying us some sort of money bowl. <laughs> like I've never seen fucking money bowl in my, in my life. <laughs> I've no interest in seeing it. It's not my thing at all. <laughs> but I have money bowl DVDs. I bought my dad money bowl mugs, money bowl posters, money bowl <laughs> fucking like t-shirts. My dad would buy me like like we had we would swap over the same like. I'm pretty sure I bought him a money bowl, and then I remember bought the book. <laughs> then I somehow got the DVD. Then I gave him back the DVD, and next Christmas, so it was like I was like, I was like, have we? Have either of us watched it? You know, I've not watched this fucking film in my life. I went, never far. What the fuck? No, it's just what are we talking about? Like, just like, just like a dad thing, like, just like, yeah, money and bowls. My dad would be into <laughs> that, I guess. Not in that way, obviously. Just I'm just joking about like footballs and sports, sport balls, sport sport balls. <laughs> that was All the, the working the, title. The base foots. And sport ball the, the hockey ice um such things we, that would become a running <laughs> thing if you if you traded in or sold something that someone bought you even if it was a shit present prepared to get like a million copies of it because yeah. we bought a friend of ours a beloved another beloved film of mine fx1 and fx2 yes um and um i was given their full <laughs> title fx murder by illusion or fx2 the deadly art of illusion yes <laughs> we must respect the work the of brian titles. brown yeah. Um, so he sold these <laughs> copies and then when we realized he didn't own them anymore each of our friend group bought him a copy of each film of both the films i think we've already set ourselves up for the ne- our next episodes i think uh when we have you back rob, rob because fx1 and 2 need to, i feel we need to we need to explore those both those movies Mate, those every time i go very... to the prince charles cinema in london they've got that um whiteboard in there where you can request what you want them to screen next <laughs> And for about the last sort of 15 years, every time I go, I write down FX1, the murder by illusion, and FX2, the deadly art of illusion. Listen, like, they're both, like... I mean, I've, I've always... Well, I've, I saw the first one recently. I can't bought it on DVD. I, I think I bought it on Blu-ray, in fact, and I've watched that. I've not watched the second one in quite a long time, but I remember having it in video, and the big through line was, like, the the, ro- the robot clown. Yeah. The robot clown fighting, and so let's... It's like kind of a pool hole sort of scene or a pool scene <laughs> in it. But I remember like just like, just very, very, the, one, the first one's quite, quite serious sort of tone, but it sort of has the big daft bits in it. But yeah. the second one's like, let's just be fucking daft. It's so and just, like, just like it's so I love the it. second so one. I definitely we need to have you back to talk about that. But <laughs> we're going to spin I, it around back into the episode we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about my, uh, I could go on about FX2 for, for days, but I'll <laughs> save it for we actually need to yes, talk about absolutely. FX2. I think I think a deep dive on those films is really warranted because, again, you know they're they're quite real respect to movies, but I don't think they get as much talk as much love as he as we will probably give them. We'll move on after this. But me and my friend, who also introduced me to Undefeatable, this is how I get back. Is mm-hmm. um, we were so obsessed with it that I, we started a project to write. <laughs> it was called um, FX Three. The, the subtitle was CGI, computer generated illusion. Right? 
<laughs> and we started writing a, a third film. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. Anyway. You can't so have, yeah, but you can't, I, don't, I think Brian Brown's still kicking about, but I don't, I don't think Brian Denny's still like, yeah. Denny's less up to Denny. Yeah. Uh, praise be. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, talking about very, very daft movies. Um, so I'm just going to go a little bit, talk a little bit about um, Undefeatable and a little bit about how it came to be. So Undefeatable from 1993 is directed by the legendary Godfrey Ho. Um, for anybody who's not a, a Godfrey Ho aficionado like I am, um, he's put a kind of prolific Hong Kong director. Directed 158 movies between okay. the 70s into like early two, two, year 2000. So basically in my wheelhouse. Um, I didn't quite, I looked at his dying DB last night, kind of get the kind of, as I do my notes for the, the, the podcast, and yeah, like he's made, like he's most prolifically known for his, his random ninja movies, um, mm-hmm. most notably Ninja Terminator. Um, have you ever seen on Twitter someone use the meme where somebody answers a Garfield phone? That is Ninja Terminator. Um, it's... Only well, only mostly well known for that, and for a man in his like seventies to be kicking about with eyeliner on and like in a bright yellow um, tracksuit, essentially. Uh, but they're amazing movies. Obviously, there's Ninja Terminator and Strike Force, um, Deadly Ninjas. I mean, there's like fucking hundreds of them. 158 <laughs> to be fucking exact. Um, obviously, Ninja Terminator is where we, where um, again Richard Harrison is. Man in his kind of late sixties in a ninja movie fights a tiny robot toy that shoots <laughs> gun shoots a gun at him, um, and he bursts into flames. I think I've flames. seen that. Yeah, it's, it's very, very, it's very, very daft. Again, it's something. Yeah, it might be where I've seen a clip of it, but I've not yeah, yeah. known what it links to. <laughs> it's one of these things. That, it's one of these kind of films that is clipped on kind of Twitter or mm. when somebody talks about a ninja movie, they talk about these movies because they're very like. Um, if you watch some something like. We talked obviously about YouTubers, bad movie Bible. He talks kind of a great length about the Godfrey Hall movies and how how bad slash great slash bad slash terrible slash <laughs> um awesome they are. Um Well he made hundred and fifty eight, yeah. they don't let you make yeah, hundred and fifty eight. Yeah, no, there's gotta be like there's gotta be at least some yeah. corkers in there at some point. It's, it's gotta have like a, a broken clock is, you know, right, right twice, twice a day. A day right? yeah. So he's got some some <laughs> I mean, I love them, but like, and I've seen. Got a great, I mean, they can't all be them, undefeatable. But... They can't all be done undefeatable, but but yeah, I mean, obviously, and they obviously made undefeatable, of course, as well. Um, obviously, one hundred fifty-eight moves for a man for a man is that's a machine. That's mm. like that's like a content farm. That's like a, <laughs> a fucking YouTuber, um, in twenty twenty-three, just churning out. You know, and they they have like so many ideas. I don't think they're. I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking I'm being charitable with the Godfrey because. See, I mean, when I say ideas, I mean, Ninja does this thing. Yeah. Ninja fights another ninja. Ninja fights loads of other ninjas. Yeah. I think. What, all... what if a ninja fights someone on the toilet? Put yeah, the exactly. What if they all have a Garfield phone? What if one has a Snoopy phone? Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's, you know, a thrilling of that, like different sort of nostalgic sort of like um, cartoon based phones. <laughs> so I'm going to give the creeps a little bit of the back of the box synopsis we always like to do. So Chrissy Jones, played by action icon Cynthia Rothrock teams up for a cop Nick DeMarco played by John Miller to avenge her sister's death at the hands of a crazed 
martial arts sex maniac. <laughs> the tagline being out of the ring, into the fire, and a fight to the finish. So, Rob, what did you make of Undefeatable on your rewatch? <laughs> I mean, it had been years since I watched it, and I can't lie, when Stingray was sexually assaulting his uh, wife, I thought, maybe I probably shouldn't have picked this. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely forgotten about that as well, so don't worry about that, it's fine. Um, fun fact, you said back of the box, I've got the DVD in front of me, and they incorrectly say that um, with the help of street smart detective, Don Niam, Don Niam is not the street smart no, detective. No. No, he's he's a mental stingray. <laughs> he looks like an angry <laughs> French poodle. Um, I, had so, I had so much fun, though, with this, I'll be honest. It's, it's, a, um, like it's a pacey little bugger, isn't it? It does, it, yeah. It kind of it mores along, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, eight minutes. Like... As soon as you know, as soon as you're into it, you're pretty much out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, but it's what I like about it, and I think what what I'd forgotten because what the main thing that stuck in my mind was that, that you know the the finale, which I'm sure we'll get to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, definitely, is all the weird little bits, mm. like the odd unexplained bits that sort of just almost feel like because no one addresses them. And it's it's something I'm not saying that um Godfrey Hall is is Lynchian in his <laughs> filmmaking. But it's that same quality of like no one addressing something weird is inherently unsettling. Mm. And <laughs> and quite funny sometimes. <laughs> so like there's a bit where um Nick, the the uh the detective who it was really bugging me who I thought he looked like, and I settled on that he looks like a mixture of Steve Carell and Ray Romano. Yes. Like if they both went into the sort of uh, Seth Brundle teleportation device, <laughs> Nick DeMarco would come out. Um, there's a bit where he's in a diner and he's gone to see Christy at her place of work and sort of give her her fight money back because I think he feels a bit sorry for her. Um, and he's walked off to serve another customer and he says, how much do I you for the coffee? Because he's got to go. He's just been paged. And she doesn't answer because she's serving another customer. But this random, like, probably about seven-year-old girl goes like, $2.50. <laughs> and he's like, thank you. <laughs> how does she know? I'm so confused. <laughs> and there's so many moments like that where you're just like, two seconds like after they pass, you go, wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Yeah, it's like there's sort of like there's there's a lot of like as much as you know like that we'll go, go on to talk a little bit about the kind of the actual acting in this movie, but there's mm. there's a kind of bit at the beginning obviously where there's a kind of a, a sort of local shop sort of being uh, robbed oh, by two, well, a yeah. man who looks like a face, face like a, a workies bench, <laughs> and a kind of like a, a sassy kind of black guy, and push oh, over this little Danny Treasure. <laughs> Poundland Danny Trio, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a very, um, just a very, very kind of, just a, with a kind of sort of John Waters style tash. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of like doing over this, this kind of convenience store. And this wee kid just wants to pay for his coke. And they push, <laughs> they finally, finally pushed this little sort of Chinese <laughs> yeah. child over in the, in, in the, in the, <laughs> the coke machine. <laughs> and then Nick the comes in and saves the day. But it's just his partner kind of going, hey, Nick. They're on the phone. You need to go into the office. And you're like, do you want to take that again? Just like, yeah. there's, so, there's a lot of like, there's good acting. And then there's like, 
want to say oh, good acting. I mean, like, I mean, like, chewing the scenery is more. It's more. It will talk to yeah, it's, later it's more on, of a but, choice than the... Yeah, choice. But this this guy just is like we just walked on. He's like, <laughs> see the line now. So, all oh, right, okay, shit, and then just says it and just sort of like just doesn't see any sort of conviction. He just kind of goes. As I feel like somebody just taped it. We'll go into that a little bit more because there's a little bit more about backstory about the, the line <laughs> reading in this movie. But um, I yeah, love like a lot the, of kind when of the like kid gets pushed. He slides for like a country mile, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he slides forever somewhere. That kid's still sliding, like the Xbox advert. He's just getting older and older. <laughs> but he goes, he slides along and he bumps into Nick's legs and goes, "Ow!" <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> This yeah, like complete deadpan face just ow that made me laugh um it's just yeah there's so many odd little moments when stingray's wife leaves him and i'm really resisted the urge to sing the stingray theme song every time i mention <laughs> him as well um, yeah man loves a theme so uh, i would say like <laughs> he says um like she left him a note and she says to him like oh i've left you your favorite meal did you look at what that meal was I can't remember. It was like something like, is it sort of like just some really like horrible looking like meat? It looked yeah. Fish? There was a, there was during the the sort of assault scene. There was a steak on the go <laughs> at the same time, which they kept cutting to. Yeah, yeah, and sort of like um, to, sort of a thing to sort of like. I know there's like there's sort of like you know R word happening just now, but look, he's yeah. love the steaks. Yeah, and then he continues to eat it when one side is clearly burnt, the other side is red raw. <laughs> Into it. It's fucking That's when he's a maniac. Yeah, she's already established at that point. And on there was like a few salad leaves. I couldn't see a steak, but there was like just raw florets of broccoli. <laughs> Stingray's favourite. He's a man who likes to work out and likes to like keep his body in in, in physical condition. Yeah. Um. So you know he, he's not gonna he's not always gonna go for carbs. He's li- looking for a little bit of like. Greenery, I mean, there's a lot of nutrients play, in like, broccoli, but yeah, yeah, your favourite. <laughs> yeah, like I just I just imagine coming back, you know, as a child, like oh I can't wait for broccoli. Yeah, that uh, was a deleted flashback for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's a few flashbacks in this in this in this film. Yeah, mummy, please don't go. <laughs> When he's reading the note and it says, she says, every time you call me mummy, you choke the life out of me. And I audibly, I don't think I've ever done this in my life, audibly today went, oh, yeesh. <laughs> I don't yes, think anyone actually said yeesh. But <laughs> it happened. It's very, yeah, there's, there's, there, let's, well, we'll also get into it later on in, in, in the podcast, but Stingray, he's, he's not a man who's very on the right side of, of not mental he has issues um which we'll get into but uh, there should have been that there's plenty of psychiatrists in the film there should have been some oh, yeah said, yeah well, yeah like he's definitely on the wrong side of not mental yeah so i mean they could have like, instead of trying to murder that psychiatrist he could have just like just like maybe just spent his money and trying to get a little bit of therapy and maybe kind of work through these problems but would would we have had a, such a as good a movie and such interesting fight scenes maybe not i don't really know yeah maybe um, i don't know imagine i've seen a scene sort of looking Stingray. I mean, cool Stingray for fuck's sake. So, um, so to kind of go into a little bit with the acting and the sort of action stars that we get to see, obviously, first kind of big name, obviously, we have here is obviously Cynthia Rothrock. Um, how kind of familiar were you with of Cynthia Rothrock, you know, before this movie when you've seen it originally and now? Do you have kind of a, a good kind of knowledge of her? You know, no, I, I was gonna say my knowledge starts and ends with Undefeatable. <laughs> 
Um, but she, she, in fairness, I think she was the most. I wouldn't say her acting was like the best in the world, but I think no. she was clearly the the MVP. Yes. In terms of one, her a- action was pretty decent, and there was something to it. A character had a bit of character, like a, a bit of. I was going to say spunk, but that's not the word. <laughs> she, she had a a certain rapport with the with Nick, even though mm. he was like acting to her too before. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she, she at least sort of brought something to it. Best of the bad bunch. You can maybe see, you can maybe yeah, see that's a better way of putting it than bringing the word yeah, spunk yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, taking this bunk out of it is kind of best of a bad bunch I would say I mean so I mean obviously I love Cynthia Rothrock I'm a big fan of her Hong Kong stuff I've watched recently just watched last week The Magic Crystal which is again sort of like a very fun Hong Kong movie very daft but she's awesome and she has some amazing fight scenes in it Um, when I was growing up I was a big fan of hers because I got to see Jane O'Brien my granddad had that in VHS and that was like one of like one of the kind of first action movies I got to kind of see, um, I was allowed to see because it was like my granddad would just show me stuff. So, you know, I got to see, you know, Out for Justice because my granddad was like, this is fine for kids to watch. <laughs> a man a man battering a, a pool hall of men with a fucking sock and a fucking cue ball. Uh, absolutely <laughs> fine for children to watch. Um, so I got to see China Brown when I was a kid. Um, obviously, again, like an icon in, in Hong Kong. Kind of films like Yes, Madam, you know, Inspector Wear Skirts. Um, I think like Magic Crystal we talked about before. Just, uh, I've got a big love for it. She's still kind of kicking, kicking about now, literally. figuratively and literally. Um, <laughs> um, she just put a film called. Is it, not I think I've heard her mentioned on the um, Stunt Performer Reacts series on mm. YouTube. From yeah, she's, she's very like she's a, a very accomplished martial artist and. Um, Maybe, you know, like I'm just not winning awards, but she's certainly every time I've I've seen her in a film, I think she's fucking incredible. Um, I think she's yeah. always like a, a good sort of like a good get for a, a, this type of movie, especially these kind of films. Like, again, good workhorse, always reliable. Yeah, yeah. And again, another one I've, you know, I'm quite a fan of is Honor and Glory, again, which is again got, you know, John Miller in it. Um, again, just kind of as a sort of like a, maybe a sort of a, meeting in the minds of them of uh, after undefeatable but it's just a, again a very very fun movie um what do you what do you make of her as a sort of a an action star you know that you know obviously when in the 90s we're kind of we're kind of coming off the sort of muscle bound mm. you know like muscled up statues of men um i mean yeah she's she's definitely leading the action front because all you sort of you would normally have nick be the lead and mm, he is mm, sort mm, of like mm. a co-lead i guess but he doesn't yeah before he has i think they put in that sequence of him training yes purely so it's not so big a surprise at the end and you're like oh he can fight whereas <laughs> her character is a fighter yes like, yeah yeah so it's like, i mean that's that's sort of a big through line for the movie that, that she yeah. has this sort of gang um, so and refreshing the especially for that era to have a lead, you know, a female lead, and yeah, like you say, the best of a bad bunch. There was she had she had to sort of like stand, and she does stand out amongst the rest of them. I I thought she was, like I say, quite enjoyable, and 
I don't know how to put it to words, but she brought something to it. There were there were certain moments where she was sort of bantering with Nick that come across quite naturally. Mm. A less good sort of rapport, yeah. Good, a good rapport with Nick. And I think what maybe she kind of brings to it is a little bit, maybe would you say, sort of maybe a bit more prof- professionalism, a bit more, even though this, we're talking sort of a film that's maybe lower down the rung for, they would see, you know, as a kind of bigger action stars would maybe look down, maybe look down a little bit on this. These kind of like movies, like undefeatable, maybe the Godfrey whole sort of canon. But she brings sort of like a a commitment to, it, I suppose. Would you say that she's it's yeah. kind of quite gives gives a good performance because she's kind of given you know a sort of era of professionalism or era of like. Well, I think that, of, um, that comes across. Yeah, she's never sort of rolling movie. her eyes at the material, and she'd have every yeah. reason to. Mm. Um, I think. Especially when you could, like, the first time you meet her, she's with her, her mates in it, who, like, there's a few different sort of groups of characters that I would love to see spin-offs of. Yes. And I'd love to see the, the college years of <laughs> them, them three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, one, there's one out of the guys who, who's particularly amazing. I've got to find this line reading that he did. Because they, they're all sitting around and they sort of just realise that one of them's got a similar scarring to what Stingray's victims have got. Yes. And they're talking about these this gang, the Maniacs, and one of her friends go, I, I swear he says, it must have been written with no spaces between the words, because he goes, bunch of crackheads doing whatever they want. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know how he says it even quicker than that. But it's, yes. it's, it's amazing. Like, every time they're on screen, and they, they say this bit about Christie's sister as well, they're like, they they sort of get her from the the college and they're like, you need to come to the the police station because when they see she has a beautiful sister, they'll let let her go. <laughs> or something like that. It's like a beautiful sister who's a student. <laughs> just because she's a student, it's like, like okay, yeah. well, just let, let it be. Don't need any bail. We don't need any explanation. You're a beautiful yeah. student. Absolutely fine. On you go. Yeah. She's been in, in this underground fighting league. It's absolutely to be let let out. And, and, and like, just, Mike uh, keeps going to Nick. Why why are you letting her go? <laughs> it does it twice in the film. <laughs> why are you let her go? She has a beautiful sister. I mean, come on. <laughs> and a student. Do you not remember? And she's just and she's so studious. She's yeah. like, you know, she's she's there, she's in the college, she's studying. Fuck knows what she's doing. But she's she's doing it and I respect that. So therefore, ergo let her go free. She can do what the fuck she can do. Carp, yeah. her off. Chrissy has carp blanche to do whatever she likes because ultimately she's, she's related to someone who's at college. That's yeah. the bare minimum that I ask for about any of my uh, warrants yeah. or any of my Clearly one arrest. of us went to law school and the other one didn't. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably where, where, where Karen is probably studying. She's probably studying law and be like, listen, yeah. the cops here are fucking stupid. They let people out just well, for being a student. That- it's fine. <laughs> It's sad that she's studying psychology and there's a bit where she's fixing up Christy later on and she's tending to a bruise. There's no sort of cut on there on her shoulder, but she's tending to her bruise and Christy goes, ow, you're going to make a great doctor. Even she's studying psychology. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to stitch you up. 
like listen, I've, I don't know if you noticed, or maybe you misunderstood when I was doing the college application, but psychology is not like fixing bruises or cuts. I have no fucking. I mean, I could talk to you about how they make you feel, but that's about it. Maybe mental mental bruises, you know, like mm. mental scarring. Absolutely, yep, I'm here for you. And I'll sit down and give you a free consultation. But you know, cuts and bruises, sprains, grazes, yeah, off can. your bike. But I'm not a fucking clue, mate. I'm not a clue. So. <laughs> Can we um, <laughs> did you enjoy the fight with Bear? Bear's Bear would be the the guy that's in sweatpants and like a football, like, American football. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed every one of the fight yeah. scenes because like the fight club scenes, because the crowd were just so odd. Like yes. in the first one, the opposing gang are tapping their foot against the wall to sort of build up a sort of like beat. It's yeah. like going doom, doom, doom. But then Christie's friends are clapping along to jeer on the fight. Yeah. Yes. But they're, they're clapping slightly, just ever so slightly out of sync with the people who are stamping their feet on the wall. And it all just feels a bit like the worst kind of jeering someone on possible. <laughs> and then during the bear fight, um, when he loses, his uh, girlfriend goes, oh, bear. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Yeah, there's a lot of like sort of the, the, the stamp, stamping and clapping. Mm. It's very West Side Story. I was like, I, I was kind of expecting them sort of do, 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 do. Yeah. some sort of like kind of Leonard Bernstein sort of like. I'd have, I'd have loved that kind of operatic sort of like. Do, 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 do. We're gonna fight in this underground league. <laughs> do, 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 do. You've got a chains and I'm a bad girl. Who fights uh, a bear? Who fights a bear? <laughs> Who fights a man on top of some barrels? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so it's just like, <laughs> that's a good fight. one. I enjoyed that. That's that's an amazing fight because it's a man basically who is on top of some barrels. He's, he looks like a Dragon Ball Z villain. Mm. He's got claws. He's the whitest guy I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and they're fighting on top, not, not beside barrels or adjacent to barrels, like on top of barrels with... Yeah. And they're not really they're not heavy barrels, they seem to be very precarious, like plastic barrels. Yeah, when the sort of like opens, they're slipping about a little bit and he's he's already showboating to his friends all these sort of flips he can do and he keeps he keeps hissing. He's got yeah, these like like cat. metal cat claws, yeah. <laughs> he keeps hissing, but he's jumping from box to box in front of his mates. I thought imagine if that was if you had a group of friends who allowed you to sort of just do that without calling you an absolute fucking prick. Yeah. But it's not like a set up fight either. Like it's not been arranged. Christy turns up to get information. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, we're fighting now, are we? I'm taking this to the barrels. This is where I'm good. <laughs> this is where I'm at my strongest. Let me, let me jump onto where I'm safest. As a cat like man. Yeah. I've I, I'm I, I'm agile and Again, I can, very musical. It's very musical, yeah. It's very like cats. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like he's very <laughs> he's very jellical and he's and he's yeah. portrayal of uh, his fights. It's very, it's it's almost kind of like like I've been playing a, I've been a lot of sort of arcade sort of beat 'em ups, streets mm. of rage and stuff like your Brothers of justice sort of, kind of really cheesy stuff on on. You played Dynamite Cup. Dynamite, oh, yes, Final Fight, all those all those kind of great fucking yeah. movies, great sort of games, I should say. Um, and this kind of feels like that a little bit, but a very low mm. red version of it, like sort of like there's like there's no stakes other than a little yeah. bit of money. Well, apart from the and one there, in the. The undercooked one. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Apart, apart from obviously, you, you know, like your jellico cats, um, you know, like the less, less frightening CGI this time, yeah. um, less Taylor Swift. 
There was a great <laughs> moment in, like, there's just so many, like, these little characters who have, like, two seconds of screen time but really do something with it. And I think if I was ever an actor, it's the kind of act, the roles I'd want to play, just these scenes, these people are in, like, one moment. And when they, when Nick and Christy go to this gym, they're, they're, they're hunting down all the people that know Stingray's fighting style. Yeah. And they, they go to this gym and the owner of the gym tells this little tiny man with a moustache who kind of looks like the Simpsons drawing of Charles Bronson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, he's like, distract, like, get him. And he's like, the... The little guy with the tash, he's like, he, he points at all these other guys in the gym, and he's like, fellas, get him. And they, like, he sort of sicks all these fellas on him. And he just sort of stands back and watches it from the side. Like, get him, boys. And then they all get beaten up and then immediately rat on the the owner of the gym afterwards. <laughs> just so many, like, yeah, I love it. My My favorite supporting guy, possibly in any film, he's up there. With the, he's up there with the guy from Inner Space who tells Martin Short to play with it, don't talk to it when he's having a wee and talking to, <laughs> talking to Dennis Quaid. The, it's the, the the psychiatrist has been put in hospital and a guard is told to watch her for 24 hours. He says, don't yes. leave this door. He goes, 24 hours? What about my lunch? And then he pulls out <laughs> some chewing gum and then proceeds to chew it. Endlessly, and when <laughs> when um, when Stingray does show up, he's like, "What's up, Doc?" <laughs> Brilliant. He is absolutely munted by Stingray. I think there's a lot of people like this that just that are in these movies. Like, this is like my first, this is my acting job. Mm. I've got this film. This could be my ticket. Yeah, I can see the bright lights shining. So I'm just gonna give him it all. I'm just gonna give whatever <laughs> so in my no head. Small this is a great performance in my head. I can. I'm just gonna go for it. You know, <laughs> I this is Oscar worthy in my mind. I will be the standout. Mm, all these other people. Out to me. Well, that's exactly. Not for yes, the right he's, reasons. But... I mean, you, he's made you notice him. Yeah, that's what matters. He's made yeah, an impression on one. Pe- he's like, listen, if I make an impression on one person, even <laughs> if it's, it's thirty years later on yeah, a podcast, exactly, he's done his job. Um, I like Stingray's manager as well, Lou. He's another yeah. one that I think needs a spin-off. Yes, absolutely. Because he, yeah, yeah. he goes, first of all, he hears that the police are coming. He runs off. He, he has a phone call with Stingray and Stingray sounding absolutely insane. And um, <laughs> then he goes to Stingray's warehouse and he finds his fish tank. And <laughs> he um, puts his hand in. And there's loads of eyeballs at the bottom of the fish tank. Sorry. <clears throat> I'll say that again. So he finds this fish tank and he reaches in, there's loads of eyeballs in there. And he sort of stands up. And imagine you, you yourself find a fish tank. No one's around. It's got loads of eyeballs in it. He goes, why would Stingray have eyeballs in his fish tank? <laughs> <laughs> and it's that kind of vocalizing thought processes which i fucking love <laughs> it's very shenmu as well like not right now <laughs> maybe later 
feels like that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, it's, it's very yeah. like it's you don't really need to. It's like we can see what like uh, tell don't have the tails. We can see that there's like mm. eyeballs in a fish tank because why very clear. It? Yeah, like it's a fair question. It's a fair question, and you know, it does say it's that I find out later on, and very quickly after. In fact, I don't um, think we ever find out why he's got the eyes. <laughs> What's the eye thing about? I don't, I think, do we not find, uh, there is a point where you kind of find it that it doesn't like people looking at him or something like that or something. Some Maybe. Like, that. like, like it doesn't like, he has like <laughs> Or just that's, that's his, that is his calling card. If he's, if he's fighting style is like, I, I gouging and put them in fish tanks. Yeah. Style. I like that the first person he fights is a, is a karate champion. Apparently what, apparently he fights in death matches according to his, his beleaguered ex-wife, but, yeah. I don't see any Terry Funk, so I can't <laughs> see any sort of death match to me. No glass, no barbed wire, no explosions, no cactus jack, no death match in my Yeah, the opening fight is a weird one, isn't it? Where he's I mean, fighting that guy, kill a guy does he? in the back. Yeah, it just punches a guy quite a lot. It just looks like a boxing match, a kickboxing match. Yeah. It doesn't really look like a death match. It seems a bit, it seems kind of a bit tame for my eyes. Listen, I love fucking ghoul shit. I will watch hmm. death matches to the cows come home, but so, <laughs> If you're gonna give me a death match, give me a death match. Come on, yeah, and the exactly. It was a bit underwhelming. Sort of like it's a bit um, a cage at least. Bugsy Malone. <laughs> That's a bit more like that. So yeah. talking about uh, action and talking about action icons, when we talked about a little bit about Timothy Rothrock, we're gonna check in on the Big Five. Big Five, as you know, is the Big Five action stars of the era. We talk about where they are within this year. So we'll talk about 1993. So we're gonna talk about. Uh, Arnie, he was in the last action hero. We talked about it at the top of the podcast. Um, I fucking love that movie. Uh, Stallone, he was in Cliffhanger, which was done by the amazingly madcap Rennie <laughs> Harlan. Um, Demolition Man as well, which we talked about on our very second po- second episode of the podcast. Um, go and check that out. Um, Steve Seagal, he was having a bit of a lie down through 1993. Obviously, he <laughs> had a lot of like trouble on that boat and under siege, so he was a I rest through 1993 until 1994 <laughs> when he came back and started fighting Michael Caine. Um, John Claude Van Damme, we got Nowhere to Run. And also we got a little kind of quick cameo in Last Action Hero. So he's kind of credited yes. that, which is quite a cool thing. Um, quite an interesting thing at the time because you weren't really, you were sort of seeing pot shots a little bit, you know, for like twins, you know, with the kind of the Rambo bit with Arnie mm. and, the sort of referential stuff, you know, within Last Action Hero itself. So when you got to see John Claude Van Damme in the same movie, you know, maybe not toe to toe, but you got to see yeah. them, you know, kind of. Um, Stallone in the Terminator 2 poster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as hell. So you were still that. It's quite self referential, which I really mm. liked about that movie. So it's kind of cool to see. And again, John Claude Van Damme and I kind of maybe one of the sort of newer cats on the scene at that point. Um, to be, see him doing being in that movie was pretty cool. Um, and then Jackie. He was had a bit of a prolific year. He had City Hunter, which is obviously the remake of the, or the sort of live action version of the, the film and the manga. We got Super Cop Two, obviously, which is he was in, which is a sequel to the Story Three with Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Michelle Yeoh is sort of like um, her own sort of spin off film from Police Story. Um, but he's like a small cameo in it, and he had Crime Story. It's one of these kind of films that I actually haven't actually seen from Jackie Chan, which I mean need to check out, but. It's getting sort of a bit more of a serious sort of tone for Jackie, but but that's always a big five. So we've had some kind of interesting ones for that year. Um, 
now we're kind of going to go on to the main sort of main event. The sort of we're going to go for the sort of co-main event first of all, mm. and we're going to talk a lot about about the reason why people love this movie, The Undefeatable, yeah. and that Stingray, um, <laughs> played do, by Don do, Don Nyam, um, a man who looks like a Jack Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> or if Paul Reiser took human growth hormone. Um, yeah, I've got a, a French poodle and Fisher Stevens. Yes, yes, he looks very. He, he has an he's an iconic look about him. So obviously, we Stingray. Um, he's never really called anything else in this movie. I think he's maybe called something else. Paul, Paul or Paul? Yes, yeah. Again, they're Paul Reiser. There we go. Um, <laughs> he looks like a Paul. Definitely a Paul vibe. Big Paul vibes off him. Um, <laughs> if I was to say like if I, if somebody put pointing him out in a. a I line up and said, what do you think that guy's name is? I'll definitely Paul. Maybe a Terry. He definitely looks like a Don. A Don. Yeah, definitely a Don. But if, you, if you've seen him like EastEnders, you'd be called it Terry. Tell. Yeah. Don. Yeah, Don. Donny. Big or, Jeff. Like, big Jeff, you know. <laughs> big Paul energy. Uh, so, obviously, you know, he's, he's one of the most iconic sort of parts of this movie. What do you think of Don I Am as a bad guy and Stingray on the whole is sort of a sort of a very memorable villain, you know, that, you know, I mean, he's very good at playing absolutely fucking demented, isn't he? Yes. He's got the face for it. Like he's got a demented <laughs> face. He's got eyes. So there's kind of big sort of Matty Feldman mm. eyes. I think I aged about three years watching it. <laughs> <laughs> stared into my soul. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he's that awful in the action scenes either. Like, mm. he's clearly yeah. well-trained. He's clearly um, proficient. And when it's when it's being directed well, like that opening fight scene, not so much. You could see the actor trying to punch him, like clearly doing a stage punch and things mm. like that. It, but I don't think that comes down to his skills. Yeah. And but the, the, car park, the car park fight scene was actually quite quick and frenetic, I thought. Mm. I thought he, he, he kind of delivered on that stuff. And I don't think... Yeah, I mean, he he would have made a good henchman. You know, like a Bond henchman. Yeah, like... Of the being, of... like, just that mad, like, almost, like, feral, fucking unstoppable brute. Yeah, but so the, 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 the guy you get before you get to the big, stuff, big guy. It feels a bit... He does spend most of the film just sort of going, Anna, Anna, <laughs> Anna, um, and screaming a lot and yes. licking things. Yeah, and taking and pinching eyeballs out of people's, people's yeah, eyes. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, karma's a bitch with what happens in yeah, that we'll, final we'll fight. Get to, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the best bits of this movie, but so in the, in the pantheon of like of villains, you've got your Hans Gruber, you've got your Bennett from Commando, you've got your Ronnie Cox in RoboCop, you've yeah. got you know your Clad's Bodycon RoboCop as well, I should say. Um, you've got like Simon Phoenix around this sort of time. Um, what? How do you? Where do you think he ranks in that sort of? And the sort of top I, um, ten villains. If you if you sort of watch Mojo shit that you see on YouTube, um, why do you not think he gets talked about enough? I think it's just precisely that because he's not a lead 
villain, I don't think. Mm. I, I think if you took any of those other films, say even Commando, to get to um, yeah, Bennett, you, he had to, Arnie had to go through this fucking mental, demented guy called Stingray that ripped people's eyes out and shit. That would be more memorable than someone who's the lead villain. I don't think he's got a lead mm. villain vibe. I think he's like a a mini boss before the yeah the, the muscle, proper end boss <laughs> muscle before you get to sort of the kind of the upmarket sort of businessman yeah. guy like kind of weird mental sort of like being thrown at a building or being completely destroyed by a robot or something like that. Mm. Sort of, some sort of like he's a kind of the guy before the guy essentially. Yeah, I'd like sort of. There's not much to him, but what he's he's good at being like filled with rage and insane, which is what you want for someone who's like more of a physical, immovable object before getting to the real villain who has like a personal stake to I'm saying stake again. Yes. Big stake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't think he He's fun to watch, but there's not much in depth. Like in terms of, I don't think he feels memorable in no, the because, same way that someone like your Bennett or your, you know, your Simon Phoenix or those kind of, like you say, those kind of main villains. Mm. He feels like he should have been like a another a sort of another force in a bigger film. Yeah, so he's kind of like he's he was maybe I mean he's obviously the you know the biggest personality in this this film, you know, by mm. far, you know, that he's he's we've kind of talked earlier about it, but sort of chewing the scenery. He's definitely given his all to this. Like he's like, right, yeah, if I'm gonna be a villain, I need to be as OTT as possible. And <laughs> in the nine in the nineties that's you know, it's quite a kind of a quite a task to be, you know, when you've got your your the guys before that have you know been sort of iconic villains. Um, you need to sort of step your your pussy up when it comes to being a villain in and mm. films. And I think for this movie, it's maybe just be a bit too trying to be a bit too big for the role that he's in, maybe, or yeah. maybe gets the ideas above his station in a sort of way. Would you think? Yeah, possibly. I just think there's once you know his stick, there's not much past that. Mm. Mm. So there's no. So I've really got a cough. I apologise whoever edits this. <laughs> <clears throat> sorry, Petros. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think once you get, there's not much past that, like, he's looking for someone who looks like his wife. Um, yeah. You've got an interesting thing for Christy in that obviously she's got the personal connection to her sister being, that's why mm. she's going out for Stingray. But there's no sort of like, I like my villains to like relish in it a bit more maybe or even have a bit more interaction with other leads. Whereas he doesn't really meet the leads until the end. Because yeah, yeah. They, they, the whole film is them trying to find him and the rest of the time she's yeah. going around battering people. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's a lot more of a kind of, a, it's more the sort of the, the chase of trying to find him really. I mean, obviously we should mm. talk about a little bit this motivation is that He's maybe gone, and, then, and he. I think at this point he's gone a little bit over the top because we talked about earlier about his sort of his his mental states. He is yeah. very, he has kind of big, big mommy issues. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so when his wife leaves him, you know, leaves him that wonderful dinner of, of broccoli and <laughs> raw broccoli, uh, raw broccoli and leaves. Obviously, she didn't have time to cook it before she went around the door and was like, "I'm leaving your ass." Yeah. Um, he seems to see her every time he sees any sort of woman with red hair. He lets yeah. like so he gets into fights. He kind of he kind of basically murders people, kidnaps these women, you know, thinking they're his wife and they're not at all. Um, and that sort of leads you obviously to finding you know Karen, Chris's sister, you know, the wonderful mm. Shadius Karen, you know, the beautiful Shadius Karen um, <laughs> from earlier. Um, and you know, unfortunately, she is murdered, and that's sort of what sets off this sort of like um this sort of chain of events essentially, but. He doesn't really have, he's not calculating, he's not really, he doesn't have a kind of a, a very sort of, um, what's the word, virtuous sort of, or he's not looking for, you know, let's say for instance, something like Hans Gruber, where, you know, there's, I mean, to the end, there's, you know, he's, he's doing this because this is the only way to get this money, these kind of bearer yeah. bonds. You know, he's not like something like the bad guy in Cobra or, you know, Bennett, there's like a reason why he's trying to, he's kind of kidnapped. His daughter and his daughter is so kind of it's a means to an end, but this is a bit more Mama, you've left me wah sort of thing. Yeah. He's like he's yeah. running after the wham buildings and sort of uh <laughs> um and the kind of mommy issues thing is just sort of a, a a sidebar to that kind of thing. So he's maybe not I wouldn't say one dimensional seems a bit or a cruel thing to say about him, but I think he's maybe a little bit he's not really a sympathetic or Kind of um, no. what's the word? Engaging sort of villain. There, there he's just was, sort of like Luke is engaging. Definitely has an, an engaging look, and he's very iconic looking. But yeah, um, he's not as compelling as a villain as maybe you know we've had in previous action films, and maybe action films we've had you know recently as well. Yeah, I think there's moments where it could have been quite. There was it was all it feels a bit sort of like he's put his foot to the pedal, you know, the pedal to the metal, and he's just mm. sticking to this one speed the whole way through. And I think for there to be interesting stuff, sometimes you have to just pull the brakes a bit. And I think, like, when the psychiatrist is pretending to be Anna and then she's pretending to be his mum, mm. you could have mm. had some real interesting shit where he's, like, acting like a kid for a second, like, yeah, I'm sorry, mum, like, please don't leave again, or this kind of thing, like... Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that, a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, this... maybe I'm asking too much of Undefeatable. <laughs> But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, for 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 this sort of caliber of movie, I think we're looking for a bit more of a, an Oscar-winning performance. We're looking for sort of a Sean Penny sort of De Niro-esque sort of performance of someone that's maybe not at that caliber of acting. Yeah, someone was... they've just found has got a really good body and a really great head of hair, and was like, right, you you look you look good in a polo neck, so a turtleneck, so let's get you in this. I this love when he, a bad guy. he's going mental in the mirror and he's like, Anna, I will find you. And then he <laughs> sprays his hair, which I, I, it wasn't immediately clear what he was spraying. I, I thought it was hairspray to start off with. Yes. He was angrily spraying hairspray. And then the next scene, you sort of see this really faint red line in his hair. Makes it's it like a skunk like stripe sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's and then it's like, not there for the rest of the film. Yeah, it's odd. It's like, it's like, I don't know, I don't know if it's like maybe something that she, I, I, I maybe sort of thought maybe there might be something he's sort of a reminder of her because she got red hair and he's like, right, this if I put this in my hair, I'll remember her or something. Yeah. Or I'll feel closer because this is what her hair dye or something like that. But yeah, it, it did it does kind of read at the, the beginning of it, like, of that scene 
that he's just going to do in his hair after he's been left. <laughs> like, I'm just, get, I'm just going to fix my perm. Yeah, you can't uh, see the red until feel... the next scene. So the whole of that scene, I just thought, oh, weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Now, we'd kind of, we kind of touched on a lot a bit earlier in the podcast, but I say that a lot, that phrase a lot, but um, now not, I don't, don't normally delve too much into actors' lives. Mm. Actors um, Prince Online, which we're going to get to in a second. You know, normally, you know, we're talking. About, I'm talking about big people that you know, you, you know, you kind of know the goings on. Stallone, you know, he's kind of he's got a reality show now. He's in all over Instagram. Mm. Arnie, you know, just bought his book. It's a great book. You know, he's he's very a big presence online, big presence in in, in general, really. Um, when but you're, when you're dealing with something like Unbreakable. Unbreakable, undefeatable, so fucking <laughs> completely different movie. Um, and you want to kind of know, and obviously Cynthia Rothrock, following all the kind of social, and since she's kind of doing a big thing, um, still out there, still doing lots of movies, and she's really cool. I really like her. Hopefully, maybe one day I can convince her to listen to this podcast uh, to come on. Um, so I thought I'd do some digging on Don Nam because I thought, thingy like. A great weird sort of villain. He'd be great in so, Mad Max, actually. Talking of yeah, Bennett he would be, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh god, what's his name? Mel Mel Gibson. No, the the guy who plays Bennett. Oh, um. Vern? Now you got like uh, where's Vernon Wells? Vernon Wells. Wells. I was going to say Vern Troyer. Definitely not Vern <laughs> Troyer. No, it's a completely different type. Of, That'd be I a mean, different like, commando. Film. Just boot him to the side of the road. Uh, I would have been a completely different. As that is something we have to. Oh, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um. Let's move on. <laughs> Don't know where we go from that. <laughs> Don't know where we're going to go from that one. Uh, we're going to go some of the dark territory there. I think a little bit. Um. So, checked out a little bit about Don. I am on Twitter. Seems he's quite happy being a villain in real life, as he mm. is in. Uh, and undefeatable, um, big, big, big Trump supporter, yeah. big vaccine truther. Uh, vaccine's going to kill people. It doesn't, you know. I'm not taking that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I mean, so I mean, think about it. I mean, he's obviously like carried on his method acting, quite you know consistently from you know the nineties, which is kind of commendable in a sort of way. But like you said earlier. Uh, maybe not worth a follow yeah. if you are as kind of left leaning as me and you are, Rob. Um, mm. It's am. a bit of a, a bit of a, yeah. It's 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 disheartening, but also at the same time, you know, uh, these I'm sort of guys. Lose any sleep over. No, I don't. I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep over not not following Thingy on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> he's still doing the martial arts, which is quite cool. I think he's coaching people just now, which is really cool. Mm. I mean, which is awesome. Um, it's clearly very, very skilled. Big, it's just uh, yeah. world for you differs from mine. Yes, Sometimes absolutely, absolutely. Yes, you just I do mean, yourself better to <laughs> to not not dive yes, into uh, people's opinion polls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure, I'm sure that Arnie's Arnie and Stallone, you know, Stallone himself is quite a a big fan of Trump. I think uh, certainly his brother is Frank. So, mm. um, but Frank's had like one hit. In like last forty years, so fuck him. Um, no, I'm sorry, Frank Stallone. You're far from always a great song, and Staying Live is a great film to watch. Um, go and check that out, John Travolta. 
right by Sylvester Stallone. Very fun, sweaty movie. Um, so now that I've outed Don I Am um, and ruined all my chances of ever having a sit down with Stingray, See it seems like it, yeah, it seems like a good time as any to take a little trip and, and escape into a trivia zone. <laughs> Some trivia about Undefeatable. Uh, so, talked. I've mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast about the stilted dialogue in this movie. Um, that's apparently down to Stephen Rock stating that most of the co-stars in this movie, obviously, because he's like, I'm, 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 I knew all my lines. It's absolutely fine. I knew all my lines. Every day, straight away, knew all my lines. Um, maybe bullshit, don't know. But she said that a lot of her co-stars had to kind of facilitate things on her face, lines, to actually read them through a scene. Whether that's true or not, um, <laughs> that's IMDb trivia for you. Um, very fun. Um, Sonny David, who actually plays Karen, Rob Rock's sister in the movie, studious Karen, studious beautiful Karen. Um, she was apparently unpaid throughout this whole movie. And shortly before her death scene, she actually walked off the set and was like, fuck this, I'm not getting paid, so why the fuck should I do this? The most important scene in my life um, where I die and I'm writing this movie I'm not going to be in the rest of the movie, so not pay me fuck off. Um, and basically, for offer, I had to kind of talk sort of into the camera. We got for the whole, just kind of holding up her hand and this is Karen. Talk to <laughs> Karen, this is Karen, hold up his hand, uh, which is kind of a, a bizarre sort of way to do it. But if you're not going to pay people, um, yeah. I think you're fucking too right. She walked off. So, Sonny Davis, Sonny David, well on you. Workers' mm. rights, absolutely. We just out the writer's right strike, so fucking. Uh, Rick is an actor, right? So, absolutely well done, Sonny David. Yeah, you pay, pay your creatives. Pay, pay your, your creatives. Absolutely. Pay your writers. Complete your endorsement. And obviously, Rob, yourself, you're obviously a creative yourself. You've done writers, you've, you've directed. So, um, well, I don't get paid either. But <laughs> we do get paid either. But, like, you know, like, if you could, you would do nice. that. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd stick up for people. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, we talked a little bit about Stingray's physique and his, mm. his prowess. So, John Miller and both. Both John Miller and Don Niam, they underwent extreme bodybuilding. Now, the minute they, you know, the blaster, blaster nips in this movie, mm. it's very considerable that they have great physiques, but maybe not the great physiques for fighting, which we're just going to get into in a second. But um, they just are completely jacked us out of this whole movie. And I think they mm-hmm. maybe just went a bit too far. In terms of being like, right, okay. And I think they maybe did this sort of bit like with, have you ever watched the sort of the, the scene, the sort of um, making of Predator? Mm. The sort of a tale about Arnie and Jesse Ventura having a sort of like a, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go to the gym earlier than you, I'm going to go to the gym earlier than you, I'm going to go, lift more weights than you are. I'm, no, I'm going to lift more weights than you are. And it's sort of like back and forth of who's, who could get the most jacked out of the, all, all of them. Um, obviously it was Arnie because Arnie's fucking... Uh, stacked like a fucking yeah. Greek god. <laughs> um, so that does take sort of neatly into the main event of this movie. Um, we talked about the co-main cool event being being Stingray. Mm. We need to get to get about that fight now. Much like yourself, I seen this fight before. I seen this film, and obviously this film, much like yourself, piqued my interest in the into seeing Undefeatable and checking it out because. This movie is this or this fight scene in this movie is frankly batshit insane. It's <laughs> very like to to quote uh, 
my friends in the Attitude Era podcast. They're basically just two muscled up statues <laughs> fighting. And then Sephiroth Rock is like, right, I can actually move my body. <laughs> so I'm going to take over most of this fight. There's a lot of like towels, <laughs> towels used, yeah. lab coats. Um, she does. A... What, do you, what did you make of this fight when you saw it for the very first time? <laughs> what What was going through your sort of mind when you seen this fight? You know, not just for the first time, but rewatching mm. it. You know, is it as impressive watching it again as the first time you seen it back in kind of college and uni? Yeah, I think Rough Rock's impressive. She's mm. got like. She's got like a, a arm and a sling, isn't she? And so, yes, 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 yes. She's she, does like a, she does like front flips. It wasn't until this time watching, I was like, she's doing like one arm front flips. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Um, and she gets a scene in the garden, which I call the earlier on in like the portfolio scene. Just, mm. Can I just have like 10 minutes? Just put a camera on me. I'm going to do some working out. I can put that put that on my show reel. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's not in the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, it's good fun. It's fucking daft. Yes, it's very it's daft. It's like the whole like, let's try and find a reason why their shirts come off. And it's <laughs> now I don't think that maybe I'm I'm thinking it probably wasn't in the script. You know, like right, there's no way that I've been yeah. working this body for months. We've both been working out. We've both been mm. going fucking ham. We're on all, all the yeah. fucking all the gear. Stingray so, sort of claws part of his shirt off doesn't need to start yes. with it's like a perfect yes. patch that he, and then they just both go like they spend the amount of time they could be one of them could be punching the other one like take his shirts off yes which is something I commitment to the to your uh your abs i suppose um <laughs> but yeah that the, from the moment that first eye goes yes it's uh because it goes on a coat hook doesn't it and she Yes, yeah, so it's like, it's, yeah, there's like, he, he gets slammed into sort of a wall and it's like a, a kind of coat hook thing that goes right in his mm. eye, which is like really like, that was like gory. Yeah. Um, the film hadn't been, like, there had been obviously people having their eyes gouged out, but it wouldn't say it was overly gory. No, no. To that point, you don't see any eyes being physically plucked out or anything like that. No, it's just the kind of aftermath, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And fish tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Why would Stingray have eyeballs in his fish tank? Is this caviar? Yeah. And um No. <laughs> yeah, I and then the, the the second hook on the eye was the thing that really I had seen beforehand. So Stingray's lost one eye. He's still fighting, which is good because his depth perception must be <laughs> dog shit at that point. Yes, he's still holding yes, his absolutely. own against yeah, two yeah. people. And then yeah, I can't remember quite how it goes down. Isn't he like? I think it might be Rough Rock that's really like he's about to like finish her off. And yeah, really close to that hook, and then Nick just like twats him on the back of the head, and his eye goes into it. And yeah. The blood sprays up Cynthia's face. I think. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, I remember unless... rightly, and then he obviously presses this lift thing, and you can see. Don, I am holding on to the hook for dear life. Yes, wiggling yes. his little legs. <laughs> and I think I think that's that point is probably like there's a strong chance with how cheap this movie is that I mm. probably will get impaled in my on this fight. <clears throat> yeah, doesn't seem like doesn't seem like there's like you know you'd maybe expect in sort of the higher budget movies maybe to have like you know he's got the wires on, but mm. doesn't this looks as if he's like he's like right, I'm gonna hold on to this and you're gonna lift this and we're just yeah. gonna go 
and he's just been told pre preemptively, no, there's no wires, and if you're just gonna like, you just have to hold on to as much yeah. as you can and wiggle about and hope, hope you, hopefully you I don't. I assume slip. it's a dummy because it's a bit later on after the when he's just dead on the hook. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> I think both his arms. I mean, I'd have to go back and check, but I think both his arms are dangling. Mm. So unless he was just like nostrilling it or something, yeah, like real method. But, he, but it's quite I mean, a, it's quite a poetic death, would you say, at the end in terms of because obviously he's had his yeah the sort of through line about eyeballs and his obsession with eyes and plucking them out, and then at the yeah. end, you know, he's 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 sort of like he's hoisted by his own petard, so to yeah. speak, and a fucking um, big and a hook, and a meat hook. <laughs> um, more more, yeah. more actually a meat hook, not just yeah. a petard, but a meat hook. And, so I'm gonna he's see great. if we can do I a little bit of a the, the uh, two bits that really really seal the deal. Sylvia Ruckrucks, keep an eye out for you, Stingray. It's like, oh, he just had his eyes gouged out, Cynthia. And then <laughs> I love Nick's, yeah, see ya. That is amazing. That I think that's probably in in, in wise cracks of movies. I think that needs to be up there and the, yeah. sort of like the greatest ones because it's so stupid. Mm. It's just like it's like very cheesy, but at the same time, yeah. it's very like. Very on the nose, <laughs> or more on the eye, to be more specific. <laughs> um, but it's, it's silly as well. It's like just mm. some like see ya, like, like okay, right, calm down. Yeah, like like she had like it's almost like she she had like the great line of like I'll see Keep see her out for you, keeping out for you, and he's like, wait, uh, yeah, see ya. Yeah, he's like, yeah, see ya. Like um, I, I have a better line than you did, all right. So I, I said see ya because like eyes and. Uh, you know what I mean? I did the same thing you did, but I did yes and did it. Yeah, I like um, to think that if this was an episode of Garth Marenghi, mm. Nick would be played by Matt Berry, and I can imagine him delivering that line. Like, see ya! See ya! Stingray! Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next scene, Nick has... They go to the, the end scene, they go to the churchyard, and Nick's wearing an Ace Rimmer coat, which I've never noticed before. Yeah, it's like, like a, a proper pro- Del Boy sort of like yeah. Like, coat, like... Like, I'll be back for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just couldn't believe the ending where it was like, um, like Christy, are we going to enroll in college? And she's like, I've enrolled you boys. And then Nick's like, they're like, are you coming with us? He's like, no, I've got other plans. And Nick's like, no, you don't. I enrolled you too. How does <laughs> college work in America? I'm not sure how it works. Well, as as someone who has a great knowledge, I'm mean, I, I like you know I work for the the people that want your money, um, mm. so to speak. When it comes to universities and colleges, I will not out myself too much, but um, <laughs> I don't think that's how it's like. It's to to paraphrase um, the Princess Bride. I don't. You think you mean that with we can, you think it means <laughs> uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, I don't think you think it works. No. Like I, I butchered that, but it doesn't work like that. I don't think you can just be like, you know, I'm just going to roll this person in just secretly yeah. with knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, like I just, um, I want to know more. I wish there was maybe like an undefeatable sequel because mm. obviously with what Christy was studying, what those guys were studying, and also like, those three guys were like were, just, were probably highlights. They were just so to be a lovely and, and nice and fighting illegal fight clubs to afford her sister to go. Yeah. She's enrolled three men and like, she did that off her own back. And then Nick, who's 
yeah, obviously, maybe the police salary is really good, but he's enrolled her completely mm. in one job. It just something doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something going on there. There's, it lost there's me mis- at the end. I'll be honest. There's a misappropriation of of police funding that's going somewhere, especially for Christy going to college, <laughs> because you know she can't support one person, as you say. So how the fuck she's supporting three other guys? I thought naturally she would have just become a cop. Yeah, that's that's that would have been a bit more of a like. Oh, we could do you can use you in the force. Yeah, I mean, or we could have enrolled you to police school, police academy. Do, 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 do. It's not Fucking... as unique as enrolling her into college. No, <laughs> it's not really. College. Yeah, yeah. But she, I, she, I don't think any point she said. I'm right, again, we need to rewatch it. I don't think she's any point she's intimated that she wants to go back to college or get an education. She's quite happy. I think she's the diner, sister that once her sister's a doctor, she could have pay for her to go through college oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. but i think that's it <laughs> so once you're doing once you're doing well we can pay the fu- pay my fucking way i'll yeah. get my arse fucking handed to me every like most her of these sister's so. a fair, uh, i'll make this drag on more than i should but her sister's a fair fighter as well like she yeah. holds her own against stingray does yeah yeah, yeah she does it does quite good like she's not going going for a fight certainly even even the guy that the guy that was stingray across in the uh, the parking garage he's mm. I'm doing my back, my very parking garage. <laughs> garage. Um, he's kind of quite get, goes for quite a quite a good bit of time. He's you know he's handily f- taking on Stingray. He was a karate um, champion. They yeah, found exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But um, that was undefeatable. So, <laughs> what is your? <laughs> it's uh, I'm a sorry, movie. Everyone. <laughs> no, like I, I I think this this is the most in depth movie one we've done so far so I've absolutely loved it I, um, I relish the fact of getting to talk about this movie because to give you a bit of a peek behind the curtains creeps um, we've been trying to get this podcast done for quite a while yeah. and we've sort of been like playing sort of telephone and set, uh, trying to get a day sorted but I'm kind of glad that we got to do sit down and talk about this movie because it, def- it does beg to be talked about and kind of appreciated mm. um, it's definitely so, worth what, a watch yeah so what do you, what, do you have any kind of final thoughts about Undefeatable. Would you recommend this to other people in terms of like, they maybe if you want to go off the beaten path, you'll find movies like this a little bit. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element that is worth watching with, like, if you got friends who love cheesy action films as well. Definitely better to watch it with a group because you can all enjoy those weird odd moments more. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there's still a lot to enjoy on on your own, but I think it's definitely best when you've got a few mates around, you're having a laugh. Whether you got alcohol involved involved or not is uh, up to you, but I don't think it needs it. Certainly, I think you'd have a fucking banging night just eating loads of sweets and watching Undefeatable. To be honest, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a it's a it's a film to be kind of enjoyed with your your friends, as you see, and you know it's 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 not going to win awards. It's not going to mm. you know go up there in the sort of like the top ten action movies ever ever made. It's 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 not going for you know. Golden Globes, but it's certainly in terms of some for me, especially because I, 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 as I said, you know, as I see every kind of episode that I've got a great love for films like this, and will I will hopefully over the next few months and going into twenty twenty four be talking a little bit more about these sort of oft talk, oft talked about my films and mm. you know these kind of meanderings, you know, where you know we we talk about some fear of rock, we talk about Billy Blanks. I may talk about Malibu from American Gladiators. 
Um, but we will talk about these moves and and you'll hopefully find things that are enjoyable because there's a lot of gold in them that are hills. Um, and I think that this is one of the, one of the better ones, I would say. And somebody, speaking of somebody who's seen these movies, there is a lot of cheesy shit out there. Even just now, there's, there's still like matching movies that can be that are not really amazing, but these 80s and 90s movies, you know, well, you're, you're going to get a bit of an appreciation, hopefully. I can give that to you guys, creeps. So, with that, we will wrap up the podcast. Now, angrily from on my end, you have ended one of the best podcasts in the whole world, um, which I will never not be better about. But you still have projects, there's still things you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so where can the creeps find you, Rob? I'm on Trot Wrote This on Instagram and I'm going to call it Twitter still. I don't care. Yeah, still Twitter. It's Twitter. I'm concerned. Even Elon Musk calls it Twitter. Yeah, it's, exactly, yeah. It's fucking, yeah. So I'm on Trot Wrote This on both of those things. You can, like, find any other numerous bits, like my filmy bits or my writing bits or my podcasty bits through there generally and pointless guff yeah, go go back and check out Colin Brain vs MCU it's an amazing podcast um, oh, I'm not going to fucking sit here and suck your dick all night but um, <laughs> it's, it's a good podcast um, a lot of episodes here and a lot of like great funny episodes I'm sad that I won't get to hear jingles um, no but it's just again, a next time baby you never know next, it's a next time baby yeah of course of course absolutely um, maybe you could have a jingle for next time we come on. We talk about FX, maybe. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you've a, a, a wonderful Brian Dennehy jingle for me. Um, <laughs> well, with that, I'll say thank you, Rob, for coming on the show, and we'll see you down the line. See ya. See ya. <laughs>